Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hey, uh, I just have a an easy question for you. By show of hands, get your hands ready. Are you going to fulfill your life purpose? Go ahead and raise your hands. Are you going to fulfill your life purpose? You might even ask yourself, do you think about your life purpose? I suggest to you, if we were to keep this conversation amongst us egos, that we would actually suck at being able to answer that question. Wait, what? The the idea of a life purpose. Maybe we should get clear with the terms fulfilling our life purpose. What's what's a measuring stick for fulfilling? I mean, how do you how do you quantify that? My life purpose is to be a spiritual writer. So, am I done with one book or three books or 10 books? What if I write 10, 10 books and they're mildly significant and across the 10 books Uh, they're perhaps more valuable, or you write one book and it's so damn dense that you have to keep rereading every page because there's so much material in it. What I'm getting at here is the measuring stick, the metric. How are we going to, as egos, here we are as egos exchanging sentences, using words, these words are symbols that we've agreed upon, and we're talking about our life purpose. Well, the reason why I say we probably suck at that is because our life purpose was decided by our soul before we were even born. And As we've talked about many times on the show, our soul is a multidimensional being, a nonlinear aspect of ourselves. And symbols don't work so well with nonlinear representations. We can kind of point at it with a stick but we're still using symbols to do a nonlinear analogy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Les Jensen. The topic tonight is fulfill your life purpose, fulfilling your life purpose. Here we are, first episode of 2022. Many people that I have run across on social media and whatnot feel 
extremely positive about 2022. Lots of people are talking about there's so much energy that's shifted and there's really a, it feels like we as a collective are pregnant to, to birth or deliver a new creation, a new outcome, and a new narrative. But I want to, I want to really drill down this idea of a of a life purpose. It's been said many times that our egos cannot comprehend the vision of our soul. Our egos cannot comprehend a multidimensional idea. So maybe our egos shouldn't perhaps get comfortable or I don't want to bring a sense of, uh, well, I'm not doing it right. And well, I don't know about that either, because the whole point of this episode is to um, kind of supersize our ego's idea of what's possible as a human being here on this planet. This is this can be a fun episode because I I'm I'm very fascinated by the the human psyche, this this human genome. You have a body, you have this this DNA, you have this um this persona Everyone listening to this show has this human genome. And I I don't have to remind anybody how much change the world and humanity itself is going through. And our soul saw this metric, saw this dynamic as a potential before we were even born. So I want to I want to just take a step back and look at the the human persona, the human genome, this you, this me. Here we are. Personifications of humanity, if you will. And I want to look at the metric, the measuring stick of fulfilling our life purpose. And I'll say early on, I think we should hold our ego's perception of what we're going to accomplish on this planet with a feather. Now, for myself, my my soul is showing me really big-ass visions for my life. And I take that... Um, I take it seriously, but I don't take it verbatim. In other words, I hold it with a feather because I know I can't truly comprehend the really big picture of the potential of my life. My ego, I cannot comprehend, I cannot comprehend with my mind my true divine potential. So how the hell do we work with that? (laughs) 
We're sitting here with our minds going, huh, huh, well, what's uh, what's going on here? Where's where's the knob? Where's the lever? Where how do we bring an effect? Well, I mean, with this global radio show, we could talk about saviors or prophets or messiahs or pick a religion and and take the the pinnacle personification of that religion and maybe that's a measuring stick. As we've mentioned many times on the show, Jesus did some pretty impressive stuff. Healed the sick, manifested food for the masses out of thin air, raised the dead, walked on water. That's impressive stuff. And he said, uh, well, hell now, come on. Really up to the bar here. You're going to be doing all this stuff just like I have done, and you're going to do even more. Do even more. What if Jesus had a a YouTube page or a podcast or a... <laughs> Would that have changed his metric? I think it's reasonable to be unreasonable. In other words, if we were to gather ten of our our of people we know and start talking about the notion of, well, uh, I'm going to start healing the sick and I'm going to start raising the dead, and I'm, I'm going to start manifesting out of thin air, um, we would be labeled unreasonable. We would be, I think it'd be pretty easy to say that the rank and file humans on the planet really don't have that kind of a notion as a possibility for their life. But but if we can't, as egos, if we can't even comprehend the true potential of what we can accomplish, whoa, we have to set the bar high and know that it's low. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Mentally, in our minds, we have to. We don't have to do anything. We have to. If we're gonna, if we're gonna have a chance in hell of showing up for ourselves, if we're gonna have a chance in hell at um, working in cooperation, in in step with the vast vision of our soul, we've got to get our minds in the mode of believing that it's possible. I tell you, you know, the a, a thousand years is nothing on the, on the cosmic timeline. A thousand years is a blip on the radar. You go back a thousand years... And try to imagine studying spirituality, 
studying metaphysics, studying quantum mechanics. First of all, there wouldn't be that much material on the whole planet. And then you'd have to probably physically go where the information is. And the information might not be in your native tongue. And you'd have to translate it all or find a translator and hope to hell it wasn't lost in translation. What I'm getting at here is... Oh, my God. Here on this show, we've done over 400 episodes of every type of modality, personification. And we've talked about the human potential over and over and over again. Very, very powerful, very wonderful guests. And I I tell you what, I'm sincerely giddy. I'm so happy. I'm so delighted to have hosted this show for probably more than 12 years now. Because I'll bring on a powerful guest and and they'll kick my butt. They'll they'll turn my understanding of of myself on on its head and I have to I don't have to I choose to integrate the message, the messages of all these wonderful guests. So you, the listener, you can go to a web page and Google quantum physics, quantum mechanics. You can Google ascension, awakening, enlightenment, um, consciousness, frequency, energy, And get thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of hits in your native tongue. So look at that as an environment of what your soul saw coming. Your soul knew that you would have access to information that afforded your ability to understand and learn the fundamental concepts of divinity, really, of pick a savior, really. And so in this time, in this time of humanity's history, if we're really going to honor ourselves, if we're really going to show up and get our egos in step with the true potential of what is possible, Our egos, I suggest, need to think that we are divinity incarnate. We need to give ourselves permission to expect ourselves to be the healer, to be the miracle worker, to be the the personification of the divine as all these saviors have demonstrated and told us that we would. I think that our soul shows us 
a vision for our life. How many of you have had a glimpse of your future, a glimpse of what you would be doing in the future, and had it be substantially bigger than anything you've done in the past? I've had so many guests on the show that have shared that that exact perspective. My soul is showing me this big-ass vision for my life. And I think our soul dangles that in front of us like a carrot going, come on, come on. Trust in yourself. Believe in yourself. Expect in yourself that you will accomplish all of this. And and imagine, if you will, that we we fulfill that big vision that our soul has been showing us, do you think this, our soul would just stop then? Just stop? Okay, we've done it. We're going to just coast. We've done the vision. We're going to coast. We've done it. We're, we're done. Stand down. The idea of standing down is blasphemy to the nature of nature to the nature of consciousness, to the nature of creation. Look up at the night sky and see the billions and trillions of stars and galaxies. And the universe is expanding itself over and over and over again. Look at the millions or billions of types of life on the planet. I've I've been really fascinated by sea urchins. Fascinating shapes, fascinating colors and patterns, magnificent demonstrations of creative expressions. And nature's never done. We're not at the final chapter. There is no final chapter. Consciousness eternally expands and evolves itself. We would be naive, we would be foolish to use our Western mind and say, well, we've come to the end of the potential of our human persona. Let's pat ourselves on the back and and celebrate our accomplishment. That's not how it works. Your age is none of your business. I, I think part of the way we... We kind of rob ourselves when it comes to fulfilling our life purpose is the narrative of our tribe, the narrative of our culture, the white picket fence, if you will. Go to school, learn a profession, click off some decades, retire, fade to black. In every moment of the entire journey of our life, we are consciousness. We are source consciousness personifying itself. Source consciousness has never shown itself to be finished. Source consciousness has never stopped expanding. I think we need a new narrative. A new collective consciousness that says, my age is not my business. I'm source consciousness now, today. 
my soul has a vision of what I can do in the next year, five years, 10 years, 20 years that I can't even comprehend. I suggest if we if we take every day, every single day and hone our ability to show up for our soul, we would incrementally become more effective at honoring the potential of who we are. In other words, I don't think we honor ourselves very well because for many, many people, we have this very repetitive pattern to our days. The the probability of the thoughts that people have today being very close to the thoughts they had the day before and the day before and the day before, it's like Groundhog Day. We're we're not really evolving ourselves unless we work, unless we work at teaching our ego how to show up for our soul, to teach our linear 3D ego how to step back and hand over the reins to our day-in and day-out lives, to our heart and our soul. If I, if I look at my past, if I look at my past, I can speak for myself. If I look at the decades I've spent on this planet, and I'm... Starting my seventh decade, I'm just over 60. I have learned so much in the last year, year and a half. I've been working on my psyche every day for more than 25 years. I consciously scrub my consciousness in daily practices all the time, all the time. And I hold the the idea, the vision of what I know, what my life is, what my future is, how my life's going to play out. I hold that with a feather. I don't I don't anchor that down. I take whatever idea or vision my soul is showing me, and and that's the. Uh, the target, if you will, of what my ego expects my life to unfold as. And I don't know how it's going to happen. That's not my job. Part of letting go is to let the um, the multidimensional vision of our soul guide us in day-in and day-out experiences. In other words, to let go of my ego running the boat, running the show, I allow my the vision my soul has for what's going to happen in two weeks, what's going to happen in two months, What's going to happen in two years? 
and how can I be in harmony with with my soul's idea of who I am throughout the, that timeline? So 2020 turned everything on its head. 2021 was kind of more of the same, but we weren't as surprised. <laughs> Whatever's coming down the pike, my soul has a vision of it, has a view of it, has an understanding of it long before it even happens. So if I can teach my ego to stop trying to manage the things outside of me, to, to pull the levers and push the buttons to control the 3D world outside of me, 2020 has shown everyone the folly of that. that to, to have your ego trying to manage or control the world outside of you is to ignore the the vision the inspiration the wisdom that's on the inside of you so let's use an example or two i mentioned um my life path up to this decade up to this moment and my soul quite a few years ago, said, hey, Les, write a book. So my soul is showing me a new tangent, a new possibility, a new narrative, a new paradigm for my life. Les, write a book. This is quite a while ago. What the hell, me write a book? Oh, hell no. Who the hell wants to hear what I have to say? I'm some farm town kid from Utah. And it took six years for me to write my first book. And I did it kicking and screaming the whole time. And finally, at I, I think that's around 2006... I got the book towards uh, being ready to be published. I actually had some copies made up. And I didn't like the book. It took me six years to write this book. And I'm reading the book and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? See, the thing is, I had evolved so much in, in those six years that the person writing the book was so different chapter to chapter, page to page. I didn't have any continuity. And and I had learned so much about consciousness and spirituality. I didn't publish the book. I abandoned it. Six years to write it, and I abandoned it. I wrote my second book in six months. Six months versus six years. What if I had written that first book in six months and published it? 
You see what I'm getting at here? Hey, Les, write a book. Okay. I don't squat about writing books, but okay. Les, write a book. Yep, I'm on it. What? Uh, let's get to it. When I listen to my soul and I take action on it, Les, start a podcast. Okay. Les, start online classes. This is a recent one. Les, start online classes. Okay. You see what I'm getting at? To to give myself a chance in hell at accomplishing the vast vision of my soul, I need to learn how to teach my ego to walk in step with my soul and not argue, not second guess, not question so much of it. Does that make sense? So the topic of the show tonight, fulfilling our life purpose. What's the metric for that? If I'm going to have a chance in hell at fulfilling my life purpose at the level my soul intends, I need to teach my ego its proper place in the mechanics of the human genome. The ego was never designed to run the rodeo. The ego... The ego's addicted to predictability. The ego really wants to know what the outcome of the choice will be before it makes a choice. Let's write a book. No. <laughs> I don't know what the outcome of that is. I don't know how my life will change. I don't know how people will take me. I don't know if I'll be accepted as an author. I don't know if people will like my this. No. My ego didn't know what the outcome of writing a book would be. And so it's, it resisted. It wanted me to stay in my comfort zone. There's no way in hell that I can truly honor fulfilling my life purpose unless I heal my ego's relationship with my the passion of my heart. To heal my ego's relationship with a passionate heart. A passionate heart, let me tell you what, a passionate heart can be a scary thing to a a rookie ego. When I'm sitting down and I'm writing a book and my heart's on fire and I can't type fast enough and the pages fly off the screen, that's very powerful. And like I mentioned, my my ego did not want anything to do with it. But I've 
I've taught my ego, and there's there's kind of a um, once you've tasted the fruit, so to speak, it might take a time or two. Once you take on new things, let's write a book. Okay, I'll write a book. And it took me a long flipping time, but I, I got a bunch of books, and I'm writing more books. I'm going to write a bunch of books before I'm done with this rodeo. Let's start a podcast. Okay. Start online classes. Okay. See, I've collapsed my ego's desire to resist. I've taught my ego how to trust, and it took a long time. I taught my ego how to trust the inspiration from my heart and my soul. But perhaps even more important, my ego recognizes I got one more question for you. Well, I might have more than one. Who wants to be happy? Raise your hand. Who wants to be happy? Who wants to have a sense of satisfaction in their life? I'm talking a very deep, down-to-the-bones feeling of, of satisfaction and fulfillment. Boy, you taste that fruit. When you say yes to your heart and your soul and you get some traction, I've written books, I've published books, I've had people say, damn, um, thank you. Your, your book has made spiritual concepts clear to me. I, I couldn't put the pieces together. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm being thanked for the words I wrote. That feels wonderful. Such a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment happens when you honor the inspiration of your heart and your soul. Now, once you've tasted that, once you've tasted that deep sense of satisfaction, there's no going back. And that's a good thing. See, I don't want I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to get to the end of my life where my soul said, Well, I've had four or five things I've been trying to get you to do and you just dragged your ass and nothing happened. I wanna say yes, I wanna show up for that because I know I know that I will have felt accomplished at a very deep level, uh, at a very wonderful level, to teach your ego how wonderfully your ego will feel. To teach your ego that to show up for your heart and your soul will feel so wonderful, will will feel so fulfilling and rewarding and uh, a deep sense of satisfaction. Boy, you go to bed at night with that. 
all along the journey of your life, it's important to feel a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment all through your life. Well, it takes that white picket fence model and it blows it to smithereens. There's no standing down. There's no retiring. That's a that's a cultural faux pas. The idea of retiring a human genome because somehow, somehow, the infinite stream of inspiration that that wells from within you is no longer needed, that's blasphemy. Our culture is pretty jacked up. I suggest to you that millions of souls on the planet intend for their human persona to have the mystic, the alchemist, the the sage, I've been shown many times by my heart, my soul, legions of saviors, legions. But wait, wait, saviors? No, wait. Some there's only one savior, or there's only a handful of saviors. Well, wait, time out. If the savior said you're going to do everything I have done and more, that will, everything I have done, everything I have done. The savior persona, the savior archetype would be part of that, wouldn't it? You know, when, I want to be very clear, Jesus is a rock star in my life. Um, I, I totally take his personification of our divine potential as a measuring stick. But when he was up on the cross, spending his last days on the planet, he didn't even come close to the salvation of humanity. He didn't. The Roman Empire, look at the history the Roman Empire was expanding its intentions of war on the planet. The suffering of humanity on the planet wasn't anywhere near wrapped up. Nowhere near wrapped up. He never intended to be the savior literally for humanity, but rather an example of the savior personification, the savior archetype. I'm, I'm not, um, what am I saying here? Get clear, Les, come on. In order for humanity to, quote, be saved, unquote, it'll come from within all of us. We all have free will. We all are human genomes. We're points of, of source consciousness. We're points of divine consciousness. The Father and I are one now. The kingdom of heaven is within me now. 
So I'm a personification of divine potential. You're a personification of divine potential. If you got your Jesus on and I got my Jesus on and we did the Jesus archetype and legions of us, oceans of humanity started taking that more seriously. Now we're talking about the notion of of the salvation of humanity, the end of suffering on the planet. That sounds much more That sounds that sounds like how nature would do it. I don't remember anywhere in any of our history where some glowing orb came down from the skies and and made massive change on the planet. So a glowing orb comes down and here's acres or or miles and miles of ghetto and, and the glowing orb waves a wand and all the ghetto becomes palaces like that's some kind of a divine measuring stick. That's never happened. It's never intended to happen. The most powerful persona on the planet is a human being. Wait, what? I thought, wasn't God supposed to be the the... the wasn't God the all-powerful, the almighty, the all? God's not coming. Not as a, a big-ass, powerful deity to reach over our shoulder and strong-arm us into peace. Imagine that. Um, it's quite clear. Peace, by its very nature, will not force anything. Peace, by its very nature, will not force anything. It has to be chosen. And and if we're going to have peace on earth, it's going to come from within us because we have found the ocean of peace within us. I'm deviating a little bit here, but... There is an ocean of peace within each and every one of us, and that's the the portal, the the opening where source consciousness flows into our persona every day, all the time, forever. Your ego doesn't have any consciousness of its own. Your ego runs on the consciousness of your soul. When your soul disconnects from your body, your ego shuts down. It didn't your ego doesn't have consciousness of its own. It runs on source consciousness. So to fulfill your life purpose, wow, to fulfill your life purpose, You need to heal your human persona. You need to heal your ego's relationship with your emotions. You need to heal your ego's relationship with ignorance. You need to become more mindful of the thoughts that you have that don't serve you. 
to become more mindful of your choices, to become more mindful of what's motivating your actions. Is it uh, fear from your ego, or have you have you connected with the the wisdom and the insight of your heart and your soul? I shared writing a book and how it took me so long to actually get around to trusting my heart and my soul. Well, with the time left, I want to talk about what are the what are the karmic stigmas within our human persona that shut us down from showing up? What are some of the karmic stigmas, karmic traits, attributes, personalities, behaviors? What are the karmic effects that disconnect us from the power of our heart and our soul? So I talked about writing books. I want to talk about emotions because emotions for for millions and millions and millions of people on the planet, emotions have shut us down. I can say that from personal experience. It it's really kind of a funny thing how much I've learned about myself over these last 25 years of my spiritual journey. Emotions had me pinned to the ground. Emotions had me pinned to the ground like like I was I was paralyzed by emotions. And my ego had no idea that my emotions had me in a stranglehold. My ego had no clue whatsoever that my emotions had pinned me to the ground and I was literally treading water day in to day out. I felt normal. Oh, my God, I'm working in TV. I'm working at the NBC affiliate. I'm the senior engineering manager. My life is fantastic. Yeah, BS. Sure, working in TV is fun. Sure, my ego felt great about being challenged by the extreme technical environment of a television station. But I was nowhere near living my potential, and I had no idea. Had you met me before the cosmic two-by-four cracked me open, man, I'm working at, this is my favorite station. This is the biggest challenge I could imagine. This It feels so good to to belly up to the bar. I don't have, I don't have a college degree. I'm self-taught. And I've worked my way up the engineering ladder in broadcast television. 
I thought I I thought I was spot on. I'm in my groove. I'm in my stride. Baloney. Sure, it was fun. Sure, I had a good time. Sure, this TV is TV's been a wonderful, wonderful career. But I was totally ignorant to the fact that emotions had me pinned to the ground. As I've shared on the show many times, I had an immense amount of anger in my subconscious and my ego was scared to death of it. Subconsciously, subconsciously, that's very important. So I had an immense amount of unresolved anger in my subconscious that I was not aware of. I wasn't an angry person. I was a lighthearted, easygoing, hey, hey, hey sort of guy. I didn't show anger. I don't have an issue with anger. Hey, I'm I'm anything but angry. Ah, baloney. I had an immense amount of anger and my ego was scared to death of it. And I had no clue until the cosmic two by four smacked me upside the head and my whole life changed. And now today, 25 years later, anger's really cool. Wait, what? All of our emotions, all of them, 100% of them, are impersonal. They're like gravity. Gravity doesn't care if you go down the stairs on your feet or if you roll head over heels and, and crack your neck. Gravity doesn't care. Gravity is impersonal. Well, your emotions are impersonal too. Well, wait a minute. Didn't I just say that the emotion of anger had me pinned to the ground? Yep. Didn't I just say emotions are impersonal? Yep. Well, what the hell? Something's got to give there. Are they impersonal or not? Yep, they're impersonal. Well, why the hell was it pinning me to the ground then? That's a good question. It wasn't because of the anger itself. It was because of my mental posturing over decades. It wasn't about the emotions. It was about my mental posturing with impersonal emotions in my psyche. Wow, I wish to hell I would have learned that. Why aren't we teaching that to like uh, junior high school kids right before they go through puberty? You've got this thing called emotions. It's going to jack you six ways to Sunday until you figure out that it's really not a personal thing. Wait, what? We... As a culture, Western, being raised in a Western culture guarantees you'll be a muggle, using a Harry Potter reference. 
a muggle is someone who doesn't understand the the bigger narrative. Um, I know I'm butchering the example, but we don't even teach emotions per se, maybe in psychology, but um, I was petrified by anger and now anger anger is a cool emotion. When I feel anger in my psyche now, first of all, I'm not afraid. I can I can have anger rage up in me and be very conscious through the whole event, not lose not lose a sense of self. But the anger in the moment, I'm like, hmm, if I were to have an, uh, a big uh, emotional reaction based in anger, it would be telling me less. There's something about how you see yourself that's incongruent with reality. You're feeling this anger because there's something about yourself that is incongruent with the nature of reality. Oh, and by the way, here's this really intense energy so you can go fix it right now. Anger's got this wicked, powerful fuel. It's really good fuel. Wait, anger energy is good fuel? Damn right. It's very, very powerful. So the the emotion of anger shows up and says, "Dude, you're way off way off track. You're off in the weeds." And here's the fuel that you can use to get yourself back on the road. Huh? Brilliant. Brilliant. Anger is really cool. And and yet there's spiritual teachers out there. You shouldn't ever allow yourself to feel anger because you've lost control. You shouldn't allow yourself to feel anger because anger is a sign of of the ego being offended. You shouldn't allow yourself to feel anger. Bull pucky. Prominent spiritual people are teaching this crap. Our emotions are the beautiful, the divinely designed, natural, impersonal aspects of being a human being on the planet. Our emotions are very, very powerful, and yet we teach them like the red, uh, we treat them like the red-headed stepchild. Well, I digress. But my soul has taught me that I need to start online classes and start teaching this stuff because there's well I don't care why I was I've been I've been shown that that's the next step so I'm going to do it and the why is none of my business my soul handles that you know we're getting towards the end of the show now fulfilling your life purpose I hope I hope my intention tonight was to blow your life open in a wonderful, wonderful way to to show your ego that in uh, that there's a, a an ignorant way uh, and a powerful way to work with the passion of your heart and the vision of your soul. 
hopefully I I took your life purpose and and showcased it for the beautiful gift that it is. It's a your life purpose is your best seat in the house. In other words, nobody else on the planet is living out a life that can be more satisfying to you than your own life purpose. Nobody on the planet is living a life that can be more satisfying to you than for you to live your own life purpose. How cool is that? We all have the best seat in the house. How divine is that? Doesn't that sound divine? Doesn't that sound... I mean, look at the the fantastic design of the human genome. Wouldn't wouldn't the the idea of your life purpose being the best seat in the house fit into that divine design? I think so. My soul told me to create the new human living platform over a decade ago. You know, it's it's like religion without religion. It's like uh, teaching the principles of of Christ consciousness, teaching the principles of of fulfilling the Christ potential, if you will, without the dogma of religion. I will gladly. I will gladly do that. I'm here to serve humanity in. One of the ways I do this is through this podcast. I want to take this moment and thank Susan, who's worked with me for many, many years. Susan arranges guests. Susan edits my books. Susan's, Su- Susan does so much to, to help my life purpose be more powerful on the planet. I want to thank Susan for, for helping create hundreds of episodes for you, the listener. Thank you, Susan. Here's to many more years. I want to thank you, the listener. Here you are at the end of the episode, and you've been listening. You've shown up for yourself. Celebrate that. You've made it this far. Celebrate that. Your soul has an endless stream till the end of time for you to express a a vibrant, exciting, satisfying, fulfilling life path that will bring a smile on your face, really a genuine feeling of happiness. Well, I could could talk for hours, but um, time's up. Happy 2022. I wish for you, the listener, that your heart is full of passion, your ego is excited to fulfill the vision of your soul. You see everything as a, a lesson to be learned. Nothing is is personal. I celebrate you. Here's to a, a new chapter for humanity, heaven on earth. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening.
This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.